Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr. Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse, and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other, and aim high to continue to be the best teachers we can. When doing a four dimensions observation, we base our observations on the ways that teachers are interacting with students based in the four dimensions. Dimension one, expectations. Dimension two, reinforce. Dimension three is based on your redirections and dimension four, the follow through. This then divides into a green zone, dimension one and two, or your amber zone, redirections and follow through. From my research, what we found, teachers who had minimised disruption in their classrooms spent approximately 80% of their time in that green zone. So when we're in a classroom and we're looking at those interactions between teachers and students, what we are looking for are patterns on how are we creating learning environments that are productive for both the teacher as well as the learner, and teaching and learning are two different things. I am there to provide the teaching, which means I need an environment in which I can have students engaged actively participating so that they can do the learning. In amongst that relationship, there are then opportunities for feedback loops to develop further curriculum and learning through the teaching that I plan and organise. So when we talk about that teaching and learning and the interactions that are occurring, active participation is one of the key things that we are trying to support teachers in developing patterns from their interactions that will keep students actively participating. Now, active participation is defined by us as students being engaged in the learning task at hand. So, for example, inactive participation could be modelled through students with a head on the desk. This is not a sleeping activity. This is students with head on desk who maybe are not providing the behaviours you would expect for that activity. Now, what does active participation come down to? The term engagement has been used for many years, and I do worry about that use purely because I feel it comes with a sense of blame or a degree of blame on teachers are not being vibrant enough, are not being engaged enough. And quite honestly, through my research, and this is now over 8,000 observations, we do not have a best model of teacher in that process of engagement. What I mean by that is there is no teacher personality that is more likely to engage students in the learning process. Without doubt, no matter who the teacher is, that learning and that engagement or that active participation, which are the words I prefer to use, will come more from the organisation, the planning, the preparation, and then the way the teacher ensures they understand their learners and they differentiate for the learners in each activity. And I say here each activity because how we apply learning in one situation or we apply our teaching to the learning for students in one situation may not be relevant in the next learning activity or the next teaching activity for which I am responsible. So our planning and organisation around each activity, this links to the curriculum, how it is delivered, how it is modelled, because some will need more modelling. Is it a new activity? Is it a repeated activity? the activities in which you choose for students to demonstrate that learning, how the feedback loops will be established and also used by you and represented in your next round of planning for the future activities, 
how you will take into consideration student voice. So acknowledgement of understanding that students too have a say in this learning process. So in amongst all of these considerations, we are looking at active participation. How are students demonstrating that learning has taken place? When any one of my senior consultants meet with the teachers that we work with in schools, one of the questions we ask if teachers are pushing back with us that I wasn't happy or I was very happy, and if the data on the observation sheet shows otherwise, we will ask you what was the outcome intended for this lesson and were you happy with the level of participation and learning that occurred in that lesson? Because quite honestly, everything comes down to learners who are actively participating will demonstrate greater outcomes for those activities. Now, this is understanding your learner because there are students who will have less active participation, but it does not mean they are disengaged or non-active in the learning journey itself. So know your learner, think about how you set up learning environments that provide the impetus, that provide the foundation for students to want to do the learning, for students to, well, for teachers really, to spark that curiosity of learning. Engagement for me is a word that is overused and suggests it's the teacher that must perform in the teaching and learning interaction. What I would like to see are teachers who are highly organised and prepared plan and actually set out how your learning will occur across the whole term. That is that forward and backward mapping of curriculum. Learning goals should be over that whole term. Learning intentions or lesson intentions show what it is in that lesson that I'm trying to achieve that will link to the overarching learning goal that we are trying to achieve with our students. We need to understand how one lesson fits within the context of multiple lessons and multiple curriculum that we are mapping. Because when we map that with high clarity, and this comes back to dimension one, expectations with high clarity, with high visibility, and with high frequency and repetition of referring back to them, you are more likely to create an environment in which you can have interactions that will enhance that active participation in the learning. So dimension one, setting expectations. We often see teachers who have no problem in setting expectations. It is that high reference back to them. Dimension two are the interactions that pertain to those expectations so they are authentic. They are not just one-offs that are randomly, oh, that's beautiful, that's amazing. What is beautiful? What is amazing? And you do not need convoluted, huge sentences. If you state your expectations with high frequency, you have the platform, the foundation in which to come back to. When you have, or when we observe teachers that have that dimension one and dimension two in high frequency in their classrooms, and they focus on the learning conversations, and diminish or minimise the public behaviour conversations, this is when we see evidence of active participation. This is when we see students actively participating in the learning at hand. Will there still be students who interact inappropriately? Absolutely. I got a speeding ticket at the start of this year. Adults act inappropriately. We are humans and we chose a profession in which we have multitude of humans within our grasp. So here's the thing. Do you choose a curriculum first teacher-student interaction, environment in which to teach, or are you going to open the door for behaviour conversations which will inadvertently reduce the active participation of numerous students who are there willing and wanting to learn? Think about how your behaviour impacts on the active participation of students, and quite honestly, it is our job 
to know our students and engage every learner, have every student actively participating in the learning. How do you do that? Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit carolineblackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.